This is 51st Dates, and I'm your host, Jolie Moore. They say that hindsight is 2020. I decided to find out if that's true. Every week, I'm going to read a chapter from my memoir, 51st Dates, and give you the backstory and commentary on what really went down. It's been two whole years since I went on these dates, and I'll be experiencing them along with you as I read. We'll find out together if my future self learned anything. I don't know if I have anything figured out, but at least we'll share some laughs along the way. Dating in Southern California is nothing if not entertaining. Ready? Strap in. Let's go. Good morning. It's episode 37 of 51st Dates, and I'm your host, Jolie Moore. How are you? <laughs> it's early. I am um, going to brunch. I'm so excited. Um, I'm going to see a friend. We're going to sit on an outdoor patio. I get to eat outside. It's very exciting. Um, the issue is that <laughs> where I was in the summer, low COVID, I could hang out and do what I want. I get back to Southern California. It's all masks and closed doors. Actually, this week I had the option, I'm still trying to figure this out, of going to um, a gym that requires vaccination but also requires masks or going to a gym, which is way closer to my house, that doesn't require vaccination or masks. (laughs) So I chose the farther one. I had to drive to Brentwood. Um, It's like 25 minutes, you know, down Santa Monica Boulevard. It's not the worst thing in the world. But I found out that uh, spinning um, for 48 minutes at a high speed makes you sweat through your mask and then it becomes waterboarding. Um, So I don't know if I'll go back. Um, I'm hoping that the gym in West Hollywood that's merely eight minutes from my house will start requiring vaccines. Um, I'm, I'm still on the fence about whether or not I'd wear a mask in a tiny room with lots of people sweating and breathing. But if they just had a vaccine requirement, that would make me feel more comfortable. But the Brentwood um, gym was like, no, we're the only one doing this. And I don't know what that's about. Even Beverly Hills would be closer, but I think they're still closed. So one of the things I've been thinking about um, is I've moved more, I've moved from the negative um, to the positive. And one of the things I've been thinking about is sort of green flags in relationships or things I want in relationships as opposed to things I want to avoid. Narcissistic abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, (laughs) mean guys, cheating guys, lying guys, and equivocal guys. But that, I know I want to avoid that, and I think I have the tools to most likely avoid that. Um, Actually, one of the tools is, I don't know if you can spot all people of, I don't know, dark personalities, but I don't know if you can spot all people right away, but I do now see the benefit of like slowing down and giving people like minimal access to me or my life until I figure out who they are. Because I've never had an experience where somebody hasn't clearly let you know who they are um, within a month or so. But Maybe I spent too much time with them. I allowed them to text me too much. All the stuff that I don't like, but I did anyway, I think I wouldn't do. And I think that would weed out a whole lot of people. Okay, so that said, so I've been thinking about green flags. And one of the groups I belong to on Facebook, 
God save us all, um, were talking about green flags in relationships. And somebody posted like a little graphic of um, relationship green flags. Hold on, it's going to make paper noise. I'm really sorry about that. Um, but on this list is responsibility for yourself, supports your personal growth, practices self-care, self-reflective, long-standing relationships, friendships, empathy, vulnerability, spirituality, self-sufficiency, healthy hobbies, communicates openly, and honors boundaries. And I agree that those are things that I want. Responsibility, self-care, and self-sufficiency seems shockingly harder than I think they should be. But that said, one of the things that stood out to me most about this particular list is that I feel like if a person doesn't have long-standing friendships, then that's a flag above all of these others. Um, most of the people that I met during this project did not have long-standing friends. And we're talking people like at 40, 39, 40, 45, you know, whatever. It's, it's like a, a range. Um, probably from mid thirties to mid forties, and what I I find that surprising, and there were a lot of in this group online. There were a lot of excuses for why um, people wouldn't have friends of long duration, but I don't know if I accept that. I think that if you don't have friends that you've had more than a few years, then all of these other things start to sort of come into question. Do they communicate? Because, you know, if you have friends, if you communicate well enough, you can keep your friends. If you have hobbies, um, that increases your number of friends. Um, If you're self-sufficient, I mean, maybe you've burned through friends because you're calling them all the time because you're needy or you breach people's boundaries or you lack empathy and people fade away in your life. Um, But one of the things, and I will say this, so my ex um, had maybe two longstanding friends and that was, they were not close relationships. And because every time we went to a party, they would get into like a fight. Um, I wish I were joking. And also like my mother doesn't have, she has like one longstanding friend and she's in her seventies. But one of her bitter complaints is that so many people fade away in her life. And I always want to look at her and say, well, have you thought reflectively about why they fade away, you know, and she's like, what's the problem with them? And they're not accepting or whatever. And I'm like, they're not accepting of your craziness, but, um, or your, <laughs> or her nitpicking and criticism or trying to run her life or whatever that is. But I have, so I will say this, I have a lot of friends. I'm actually going to go out to brunch with a friend I've had for, oh my God, I met her in 2006. So, ooh, wow, that's a long time. Um, I guess like 15 years. Um, and she's great. She's great. She's great. She's delightful. I can't wait. Um, but that is not my most longstanding friend. I mean, I have friends going back to college, um, that up until about now, I don't know if I've made any friends over the last couple of years. I sort of was starting with a couple of people, but 2020 happened and that sort of put the kibosh on that. I'm a little, a little sad about some of those missed opportunities, but I can't, (laughs) I can't undo COVID. Um, but what, Okay, A, long-standing friends, I think, demonstrates that you have some of these like <laughs> life skills, but it also is a window into who people are. Like, if you meet my friends, you'll know who I am. You'll know that they're chatty, like, <laughs> women. <laughs> they're chatty women um, who have, like, a myriad of, like, super interesting things about them. 
and um, and who would I'm sure gladly tell you tell tell you all about me. Um, but that's just sort of a green flag that I'm looking for, and I don't know. It's just one of those things. But I did make sorry about the paper again. Um, I did make my own list of green flags um, last uh, earlier this year, which I was thinking about. Um, but my list is a little different. Uh, my list, actually, I'm sitting here looking at it, is that um, he be kind to strangers. Be well, <laughs> a lot of people, my ex, and my mom, were not kind to strangers. Um, he has a good relationship with his family if they're not dysfunctional. And I really leave space. This is actually shocking. When I encounter, I've encountered a number of men who are like, you should try harder with your family. And I'm like, you know, how much abuse do you put up with before you think, I'm going to back away from my own mental and my mental health. Um, but if his family is not too dysfunctional, I think a good relationship with your family is a good good thing. Um, good at communication with his thoughts and feelings. He acts and speaks respectfully to me. He asks questions and is interested in getting to know me. <laughs> the shocking amount of uh, look. We're all a little self-involved, and I live in the land of self-involved, but come on. Um, he counter-offers or rescheduled after a cancellation. Oh, so little of that. Um, he wants and seeks similar things um, that I do. Um, not the same. I don't need a carbon copy, but I want somebody who likes to work out. We don't ever need to work out together, to be honest. I kind of like working out by myself. But I want somebody who, you know, has been to a gym, leaves their house, gets off the couch. Um, I have no bad feelings about people who don't do that. I just, I'm not going to hang out with you a lot um, because I can't sit still. (laughs) Um, Anyway, he's willing to make sacrifices and meet me halfway on some things. Um, He takes responsibility for his mistakes. I haven't met one of those everything is everybody else's fault and I'm like wow if you're the common denominator something's got to be your fault like a lot of stuff in life is my fault I will tell you the list um he celebrates my success um and he's happy for me and does not complain or denigrate or feel intimidated by it I'm just over it um he wants to take it slow and that's the that's the the biggest one right now is that I need somebody who's not pressuring me into a relationship to give me time to reflect and to get to know them slowly enough that their behaviors um, become evident, whether it's good or bad, but I just, all of them, I just want to be able to see them over time. Um, He gives me time and respects my space. Um, I do need time and space to think. Okay, so all those personality tests, I'm only like 60% introverted and like 40% extroverted, and that 40% is a lot, but the 60% that like can entertain yourself and needs time to think um, hasn't gone away. And the last one is he doesn't try to avoid meeting my family and friends. It's so interesting. One of the guys that I dated um, after the memoir was like, well, I don't want to meet your friends because I'm afraid they're going to pick me apart. (laughs) And to be frank, he's probably right. Um, They would have asked him, what do you do? Do you have a job? Are you self-supporting? Like they would have asked more critical questions than I would have. I sort of let things unfold over time. But I think that, and if that's that's a COVID issue, but if that if COVID hadn't happened, then I would certainly have had uh, more information about this guy, that guy up front, because my friends would have 
they would have asked. I mean, they wouldn't have grilled him. They're not like those kinds of people, but I think they would have asked a lot more questions. And watching him stumble over the answers would have been uh, valuable information to have because I try not to be too proby or picky um, about that kind of thing. Because it's, I, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. My ex used to say that I was too much of an interrogator. Um, and I asked people too many questions. And so I did back down from that. I'm not sure if that's true. I'm going to actually think about it. I haven't thought about that in a long time. But my position is to sort of let people tell me about themselves rather than asking a whole lot of questions. And people will. It just takes time. But in between the time of learning about them, they're also like, can I see you? Can I see you? Can I see you? Or the push-pull, can I see you? And then they disappear. And then they're like, can I see you? And I spend more time thinking about the push-pull than I'm thinking about who they are. And I want to spend more time thinking about and finding finding out about who somebody is. Um, and I think one of the catalysts for this, so, you know, I told you a few weeks ago I met a guy. Um, he's not here. Um, I don't do long distance, but I, I am still talking to him. I don't plan to date him. But one of the things that's been super interesting about talking to this guy that I met in the summer is that except for the fact that he is far away, too young, and doesn't want a relationship or doesn't think that he is relationship material, and he said this, so I'm taking him at his word on this. Um, he's super interesting to talk to, and like he, I talked to him yesterday, there's a time difference, but we talked on the phone yesterday morning, and it was really interesting because he's like, we, we talked about the gym and the vaccine problem. He's like, oh, did you go to the gym? I know you're super excited about that. How was it? I'm so happy that you enjoyed yourself. And he's like, you know, how are things going with um, your son in school? And he's like, how far have you gotten on this particular thing? And have you finished this book that you were reading? And he had asked me for movie recommendations earlier in the week. And he's like, so I downloaded or rented or I don't know, I'm streaming this movie that you recommended. Um, and let's talk about that. And that was super interesting to me because I've never met somebody who seemed to have a genuine interest in me, who wasn't also trying to sleep with me because the people who were trying to sleep with me, um, to be frank, I think sort of feign an interest or maybe they do have a genuine interest, but it doesn't ever seem to go that deep. And it's super interesting to have these conversations with this man who seems genuinely interested and like can remember facts from two days ago, two weeks ago. Um, and it's just, uh, it feels good. It's like having a friendship. And I'm starting to think that relationships should be more like friendships and less like instantly romantic in the beginning. But here we go. There's helicopters and I actually have to go because I need to go drive because LA is all about mastering the drive. Um, and I don't want to show up late to brunch. So with that said, all the green flags. Chapter 37, Contrived Quaint, September 28. Okay, I'm burned out on dating energy. I used it all up last night, and I'm not at all sure I'll have enough for today. I'm sitting at my laptop right now with tea, trying to muster up strength for another date. 
Last night was a first date. I'll call him the soccer coach. My friend's description wasn't so kind. It's what he does for a school district in the San Fernando Valley. It's how he identifies himself on his dating profile. The dating podcasts and books I've read over the summer suggested that in order to appear more feminine, women should let men plan dates. Up until now, I'd always been the captain of the dating ship. So when the soccer coach asked me out, I let him take the helm, which is how I ended up at the Americana Mall in Glendale. It's in a suburb of Los Angeles with a population of about 200,000. The last two times I was in Glendale were because I needed to buy a birthday present and it has the only Lego store in proximity. And it has an Australian-based store called Cotton On that's great for Old Navy type prices, but with shirts and pants that not every other kid in my son's class is wearing. Sometimes my son and his classmates looked like little Gap clones, and I like to mix it up. The Americana is a Caruso brand location. Rick Caruso is a developer that a lot of people in Southern California have very strong pro and con opinions about. I'll skip that debate here. Suffice it to say this mall and the one very close to me, the Grove, seek to mimic small town living if living in a small town was all retail shops and cable cards that only travel a quarter mile. It's not the kind of place that I frequent. I met the soccer coach in front of the Apple store at seven at night per his request. He led me straight to a coffee bean and tea leaf, a Southern California coffee chain. He let me order my drink first. He did not offer to pay for it. After I ordered and the cashier asked if he wanted to order two, he turned to me and said, only if we split it. Now this was a first. I have a lot of feelings around someone paying for my meals or coffees. I bounce back and forth between offering to pay and accepting their offer to pay graciously. This was the first time someone left me hanging out there on my own. So I swiped my credit card and paid for the $4 decaf chai latte. I was too hungry to go to the peppermint tea route. Plus, I wasn't thinking there was going to be even the remotest possibility of a kiss because, to be honest, he smelled like someone who didn't have a nodding acquaintance with regular shampooing. He ordered a berry iced tea and we took our drinks to one of the outdoor tables in between the valet stand and the free tram ride that goes back and forth through the mall. Do you remember Balky Bartokamus, the immigrant character from the sitcom Perfect Strangers? If not, Google Bronson Pinchot. I'll wait. I had a childhood crush on him. Our match percentage on Cupid was only 82, but he looked like Pinchot, so I had swiped right. He offered to meet me, but only on weeknights, school nights. I turned down every single one, explaining I was only available on weekends. There were quite a few days of radio silence after that. When did weekends become so sacred that someone couldn't date on a Saturday or Sunday? What exactly are they saving their weekends for? If their weekends are so precious, then how in the heck would a relationship fit in? Those questions are purely rhetorical, of course. He finally proposed the above meet at the mall on a Saturday night at 7. Here was my first mistake. I didn't eat lunch or even beforehand. In one of his messages, he'd said, let's meet up and go somewhere. I made the mistake of thinking, quote unquote, somewhere would involve some kind of food. I'd eaten breakfast, done some work, then had gone to a play. By the time the play ended at 5.30, I was starving. I ran to the Trader Joe's near the theater, bought a kind bar, scarfed it down in hope that it would tide me over. Newsflash? It didn't. Half an avocado and an egg are not enough for a day. By the time I pulled into the parking lot after spiraling up for six floors, I was starving. 
I went back down six escalators toward the Apple store, Instagrammed my usual date photos, then sat by the fountain and waited. Fortunately, he found me before I had to go look for him or scrounge for food. Good news that he looked like his picture. Bad news, I'll say he didn't make much of an effort. I'm starting to think I tried too hard. Put on flattering clothes, do my hair, put on jewelry. He showed up in a purple t-shirt, a blue and green plaid flannel, jeans, and bright red sneakers. We got the drinks and sat down for three hours. For three hours, I really tried to engage him. He mostly looked past me at kids playing across the way, at the people walking in and out of C's candies, at what the fuck, I don't know, but not at me or toward me. And all the time, I think he asked me three questions. One, what did I want out of dating? Me, long-term relationship. Two, if I worked full-time as a writer and traveled, how did I have time for a relationship? Me, I work from home, I make my own schedule, I'm free every weekend, I have plenty of time. Three, how could I write books without using dating as research? Where did I get my ideas? Me, I have a rich inner life. Yes, I actually said that because I'm over-explaining that for me and all the authors I know, ideas are not the limitation. Time to write all the books inspired by those ideas is. The rest of the time I tried to capture his attention. Honestly, I should have left after the first hour. I had no idea why in the hell I was trying so damn hard. The people pleaser in me wanted him to have a good time. I don't know why I felt responsible for his entertainment. Oh, and that so-called expert's take on OkCupid? I call bullshit. I asked the soccer coach how he chose whom he wanted to date. His answer? He looks at a picture. That's it. He'd read none of my carefully crafted answers. He did not look at the match percentage. It was just my headshot. What did I learn in those three hours? Despite the, besides the fact that he finds little kids creepily fascinating, I learned that his longest relationship was six months. In nearly 40 years. Six months. Okay. He never wanted children, moved every two years, had never even committed to a pet. His favorite film was Ghostbusters, the 80s original. He mostly entertained himself on YouTube nightly and only made ate out, mainly a diet of spaghetti and rice. He was born and raised in Argentina, oh, and he doesn't date Mexican women. That's it. That's all I learned. I took myself home after that. Long ride through the streets of Los Angeles while I tried not to be exhausted by dating. He sent a text while I was in the car on the way home. Soccer coach, thanks for meeting Jolie. You are very nice. Let me know if you want wanna see a movie or get a drink sometime. I ignored that text and the next one a day later. After third, I told him we weren't a match. Okay, I'm gonna be honest here. I think this guy was a straight up pedophile. Okay, like I didn't say that in the memoir, but that's what I said to my friends. So we're sitting, so this mall, it's, it's no different than the Grove, and I think there's like 10 other malls like it in, in, in LA or in Southern California. So basically you're at these malls and they have like tables in a fountain. That, I don't know, maybe it has colors or has music, I don't know. And a lot of people just sort of go to the mall and sit on the benches and tables and hang out. Now, this would not be my choice of a way to do my life, but whatever. I mean, I live in a city that has like a lot of entertainment and amusements. And so a carefully constructed mall would not be my choice. Now, I go to the mall <laughs> reluctantly because I do go to the Apple store. I mean, I'm going to admit that. And 
I do occasionally go to pick up clothes. Um, I don't like shopping that much because it just bores me to death. But um, I will sometimes order online and then go pick up stuff, especially at the Gap for my kid, because um, he hates shopping too. So two people who hate shopping, living with a growing child who seems to need clothes every 15 minutes, it's not a, the winning combination. But we've agreed that we'll pick stuff up on pick stuff out online order it and then go pick it up at the store. We'll walk to the Grove um, and that way I can get them walking and crossing streets with no sidewalk or whatever. Um, but it's something we do. Okay. All that said, so we're sitting at this thing and like basically people are walking in and out of this candy store. See's Candies is a chocolate. Can- I don't actually have never been in one. I believe they sell boxes of chocolate and I don't eat candy, so I don't know. And, um, and I'm not from Southern California, but I understand it's a Southern California candy and confectionery institution and I believe they sell chocolate so people are walking in and out of the store with ice and boxes of chocolate or bags that said seeds candies and then across from us was this family two different families and each of them had a child there was a girl who was like maybe I don't know four or five and she had like light up shoes and sparkly clothes or whatever and there was a little boy who was like maybe a year or two older um, who also had light up shoes. So these, I guess the parents had probably gone out, like, I don't know, my kid doesn't go out at night, but apparently they'd gone out and they were having coffee or whatever. Like people sometimes bring their own food and just sort of sit and eat, which is fine, whatever. And they were doing that and their kids were basically running up and down the little like tracks of the tram and watching the valet guy pull out people's Ferraris and whatever. Cause you know, California and like running around and the girl was like spinning around the pole, but I was not facing the children. I was facing the guy. He was facing the children. But every time I would say something to him, his eyes would like stray. So at some point I looked around and they were just children. And I have a child. I spend time with lots of other children. But children that are not mine or not my friends, I don't spend any time watching and I don't find them that entertaining. Um, All I can think of is, wow, I don't have to watch her. Like it's somebody else's job to watch her, make sure she doesn't get hit by cars or snatched or whatever and what a relief it is that today that's not my job so he kept looking and I looked over my shoulder at some point and I was like these are just children like okay you know and she's laid up shoes but other than that I couldn't figure out what was so entertaining about them but he like (laughs) he was watching them like it was a movie so I asked him about his job so his job is a soccer coach and he coaches soccer I think at an elementary school say this part I don't remember but he also does private coaching lessons and I thought you spend a lot of time with children you have no relationships and you can't stop watching this little girl and all of this is kind of creepy which is I think why I stayed there for so long because well I am a writer so I'm look I'm gonna be honest like you're like wow I gotta like keep watching this because If you had told me, I would not believe that any like 40 year old man would be able to watch like a child for like three hours. Like I literally, I don't even know if I could watch my own child for three hours, like spin around a pole. I'd be like, we gotta go somewhere and do something uh, more interactive because like watching you spin is driving me nuts. But that was the weirdest thing about him. In addition to the fact that he either didn't bathe or didn't wash his hair couldn't match his clothes, but I sometimes chalk it up to men are more likely to be colorblind. Um, And then didn't seem that interested in me. Like he kept talking about like what it would be like dating, but he didn't seem like interested in me as a person. Um, And I was kind of out with like, I don't, I dislike Mexican women. I'm like, 
uh, I don't even know what to do with that. Like, you've dismissed a whole category of women. I, I didn't even ask why. Or maybe he did say why, and I just blocked that out. Because I was like, okay, I don't do racist. Um, so the other mistake, other than staying three hours and trying to not die of starvation drinking a chai tea latte, is that he said, so at the end of the day, he's like, can I walk you to your car? And I was like, uh, okay. And I had driven, like I did take Thunderbolt advice and I was Ubering a lot of places, but I had been to this place, so I wasn't home and I had to drive all the way from the theater, it was in Westwood, all the way to Glendale, which I don't know, maybe it's 20 miles or something. And I wasn't paying an Uber to like do all this stuff. So I, you know, I have a car, I can drive. And so I drove. But um, it was one of these malls, we have to spiral up like a whole bunch of floors. And um, he's like, well, I'll walk you to a car. And I thought, well, that's the one chivalrous thing that you've done. And I probably should say no, but I didn't. Uh, I, I need better boundaries around this, but I didn't say no. So we get up the 15 three escalators or elevators or whatever, and we get to the car. And he looks at the car, and I swear to God, he says this. He goes, well, I don't know how, as a writer, you afford this car. <laughs> I was like, okay, I got nothing. Like, I got nothing. Like, I'm not going to discuss finances with you. It's just a car. Um, I bought it. I paid for it. Not asking you to pay for it. I like it. I like this big honking SUV. Like, it's not environmentally friendly, but I can fit all my crap in it. And after having a couple cars where I could fit neither a car seat nor a stroller in, like I was like, I need a car that I can fit all the kid crap in without having to like pull the front seat all the way up. And so that was basically my criteria for this car. I love the car. I'm looking at the car right now. Still love the car. And um, he was just so weird. Not only about that, about bathing, his lifestyle, the looking at kids and being weird about the car. So I'm going to be honest. I was super surprised that he wanted another date. I was like, what do you do on a date? Like, I couldn't even figure out. Like, he goes home at night, watches YouTube videos. I think he said of 80s movies and eats spaghetti and rice, which seemed like kind of a weird combination and coaches kids. But that was like literally it. He had no friends. He His family did live in Argentina, so he didn't see them often. I get that. But he had no friends, and he lived in L.A. for like maybe 10 years, um, which sort of ties into my other thing. I'm like, you have lived here for 10 years, and you have zero friends. Like, how could you have no, like, okay, whatever. No friends, no time with his family, no hobbies, and YouTube is not like a full-time hobby. Or maybe it is. I don't know. But it was not for me. And I think after that, I was like, okay. Well, I didn't quite give up on OK Keyboard. Wish I had. But I, I hadn't. And um, it, like, I kept thinking that dating was going to get better. And here we were, September, and it wasn't any better. I mean, look, he was on time. Like, he was on time for all the other things he was on time. But he wasn't interested in me. He didn't really seem to have a life. He didn't seem to have passions or whatever. And he had gotten to 40. Like, he wasn't 22 and like, like, I don't know what I want in life. He was 40 past 40, 41. I don't even remember his age. But was like ridiculously uninterested in what was going to happen in his life. And 
beyond wondering about like research for romance was ridiculously uninterested in mine and I should learn but it's September I kept going I'm Jolie Moore and this has been 51st Dates the podcast If you enjoyed listening, I hope you'll share, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts. It will help others find the craziness that is dating in Southern California. Also, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you'd like to read ahead, my memoir, 51st Dates, is available wherever books are sold. A link is always included in the show notes. I'm also a romance writer. If you want to know more about my books, please visit joliemore.com for more information. You can also follow me on Instagram at XO Jolie Moore and on all social media at the same handle, XO Jolie Moore. Thanks for listening, and I'll be in your ears next week. <laughs>